Isn't it good to be here? Glad you're online. Glad you're here too. God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. We're going to be dealing with prayer for the next six weeks. And as we do, I want to refer back to an old documentary. Do y'all remember, um, what was the name of that movie? Um, shoot. Supersize Me. You remember that? Um, Morgan Spurlock was the uh, director, producer, content manager. His, uh, uh, what he decided to do was for one month eat only McDonald's. See what happened, okay? Had three rules. Number one, that he could only eat McDonald's. Number two, if they said supersize, then he had to supersize. And number three, he had to eat everything on the menu over that course, over the course of that month. Now, he was wise enough to keep himself under the care of a doctor. He would go to his physician every week to get checkups. Um, when he started out, he was 185 pounds, physically fit, uh, athletic, and it was amazing what happened to Morgan Spurlock. The last week when he went to the doctor, the doctor said to him, you are destroying your body. You are in serious danger. You need to quit this. And so at his own peril, he decided to continue at extreme risk. And here's what happened to him. At the end of the experiment, 30 days... He'd gained 25 pounds. He was suffering from fatigue, headaches, depression, and indigestion. His blood sugar had skyrocketed. His liver was filled with fat. His cholesterol went off the charts. His blood pressure was unmanageable. And um, he was a sick guy. Now, I'm just as much a fan of driving up to a window to get lunch as anybody else. Uh, it's quick, it's easy, but it's not very healthy. And the doctors in America are telling us that it's killing us. So, you're probably wondering, preacher's gone crazy, what does this have to do with the Lord's Prayer? Right? What does this have to do with the Lord's Prayer? Well, if you make a quick journey through Facebook, Instagram, online blogs, friendly comments uh, online, what you'll find is that fast food spirituality is an epidemic among believers today. It is an epidemic. We like spiritual menus with lots of options. We want our spiritual experience to be convenient fast on our time schedule. We want spirituality our way. And like uh, so much of life, our practice of prayer has become a reflection of our spiritual poverty. We love to do the talking. We are slow to listen, impatient, and resistant to God's gracious will. 
So for the next six weeks, we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about deep abiding spirituality as Jesus taught. We're going to focus on the Lord's Prayer, but we're going to be taking, to, to a certain extent, a look at many other places in the New Testament. The core groups are going, to be, are going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer. They're also going to be studying this. We're asking our Sunday school classes to deal with Kay Author's book, 28 Days of Prayer. There's going to be opportunities for you to practice what you're going to hear here in the core groups and Sunday school classes. We're going to look at the practice of prayer We're going to focus on prayer as Jesus taught. And what happened to the disciples is the disciples, they experienced, they saw the prayers of Jesus. They saw that they weren't hit and run prayers when things got tough. Jesus prayed at all times and in all places. And the disciples saw that. And in Luke 11, 1, they said, Lord... Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And Jesus answered them with the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our Redeemer. May these words be your words, and for everything, O God, that I don't speak, that you would have me speak, O God, fill in the gaps that we would hear your word today, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Prayer is a major emphasis in the New Testament. The word pray or prayer in its different forms is used over 370 times in the New Testament. Not only do we see Jesus praying, but we see also in Acts and the letters of Paul and the other epistles how they deal with prayer, their instructions of prayer, their prayers as they record them in their letters. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 7, pray without ceasing. In Colossians 4, 2, he says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert with thanksgiving. While in prison, while in prison, in the worst prison in the Roman Empire, In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Paul says this, Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. For these early followers and the apostles, prayer was the heart and soul of their spirituality. It was the place, the conduit of their relationship with God. So the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And they were were not just saying teach us to pray, but teach us to pray like you pray. When you hear the word prayer, what comes to mind? If, if you were to try to explain prayer to a non-Christian, what would you say to them? How would you describe it? When the disciples asked, teach us to pray, it comes with a, with a desire to have the, the assurance, the uh, authority, the peace that they saw in Jesus. And when they said, teach us to pray, The word that's translated prayer there is 
uh, prosecumia. Prosecumia, and, and literally the word means to exchange wishes or to exchange desires. In this sense, prayer is listening as well as talking. It is an alignment of our wills with God's will. It is a give and take of sharing and responding. Now, I've I've heard some people describe prayer as if they're ordering something online. Any of you ever experienced that? You know, we, we find a nice, quiet place. We, we want to look holy. We, we bow our heads. We close our eyes. We log on to God. And then we go through the things that we want. Is prayer just about asking God for things? Limiting prayer to a shopping list that we're offering up to Jesus is not what Jesus taught. Instead, prayer is making our request be known to God, but it is also the search for what God is offering us. What God is offering us. Limiting prayer to a shopping list is not what Jesus taught. And when we focus on what we want instead of searching for what God has for us, we, we open ourselves to disappointment and unanswered prayers that frustrate us. If we're honest, prayer can never be a magic formula for persuading God to change God's mind. It is not. And Jesus gives his disciples something far more important than things. He gives them a prayer of seeking what God wants. And this is the prayer that Jesus teaches his disciple. And that's what we're going to look at. It's the kind of prayer that Jesus teaches his disciple. Over the next six weeks, we're going to break down the Lord's Prayer. We're going to take a look at each phrase and what Jesus is saying to his disciples. And really, just with those phrases, teaching them how to pray with power. Jesus said, pray then this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We say that in rote. How many times have we said that? We can say it without even thinking. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. It is a connection with God. When Jesus prays, hallowed be your name, There is a centering moment of inviting God into our hearts and into our souls. The the Greek word that's translated hallowed is hagezo. Now, literally, hagezo means to make holy or sacred. To make holy or sacred. It, It reads like a description for God's name. That God is holy, God is sacred. But what we don't see in the Greek there is that its usage is not only one of description, it is one of invitation. Hallowed be thy name is not just saying that God is sacred, God is holy, but it is an 
it is an invitation for that holy and sacred God to capture us. It not only refers to the nature of God, it invites God. Calling on God to purify, to make sacred, to fill, to immerse, to soak our hearts and soul in God's presence. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name that, that I can fill you within my heart and soul, that I can feel your presence within me, O oh God, that it will envelop me. And in those moments, I can be more like you. Let's, let's practice for a moment. Let's just all pray together. Close your eyes, say, hallowed be your name. And feel the presence of God enter into your heart. Open your heart. Hallowed be your name, O oh God. Hallowed my heart. Make it sacred. Make it whole. Feel the presence. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. The Greek word name is onoma. Onoma means the manifestation of one's character or identity. But it also means to put under the authority of that name. To put under the authority we see this in John chapter 14 when Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, it seems as first Jesus is saying, hey, use my name and get whatever you want. Right? Whatever you ask in my name. That's not what it says. Not what it says at all. Instead, Jesus is saying something very different. When we ask in the name of Jesus, we put ourselves under the authority of that name. Hallowed be your name is to put ourselves under the authority of God's name. Now, does this mean that we should refrain from putting our request before God? That we should not ask God for things? That we should not let our desires be known? <laughs> Remember what prayer means? The exchange of desires. No, he doesn't mean that at all. In fact, Paul reminds the Philippians, he says, let your request be known to God in Philippians 4, 6. God wants to hear the longings of our soul. God wants to hear our desires. God wants to hear what's going on in our, in our hearts. God desires that exchange, that relationship with us. And by doing so, there is a submission and, and a devotion and a commitment that takes place in our lives. We open ourselves to the transforming power of God's presence. To pray, hallowed be your name, is not just a simplistic adoration phrase. It opens us up to the coming of the kingdom of God on earth. It opens us up to God's authority in our lives. It opens us up to God's future for us. 
It took Morgan Spurlock 14 months to recover from his experiment. 14 months. The hit documentary, uh, documentary was, <laughs> was termed the, the, a really bad good idea. <laughs> Whether you agree with it or not, fast food is not good for the body. And the same is true of our souls. When we take prayer lightly, when we take our worship lightly, when we just move across the surface of our soul, it's like fast food. And, and here's what we know about the experience of, of deep spirituality, the practice of prayer, the practice of worship, and the involvement within the Christian community. And, and these, what's interesting about these findings is that these are not just religious studies. These are secular studies. These are what secular scientists, it's getting to where, you know, following the scientist is popular these days, right? This is what we know. Those with a deep spirituality, with reliance on God, are more resilient they're more faithful in their relationships. They have happier children and more satisfying family life. It helps reduce stress and depression, reduces anxiety, lowers blood pressure and therefore the risk of heart disease. It strengthens your immune system and lowers blood sugar. It helps maintain concentration, memory, and cognition. It promotes a sense of joy. And those who are digging deep within their relationship and, and, and longing for the, the presence of God in their lives, live longer. Do you want that? I mean, for all of the spiritual power that we, that we gain by digging deeper and going deeper within our spiritual lives, there's so many other benefits that's where we're going over the next month or so to see what God can do for the prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, is a deep abiding prayer for God's direction. It's not like driving up to the, to the spiritual window of, of, of church light and making an order. It's hard work. It's hard work. It takes a commitment. And, and so I ask you, will you join me just in this next week to pray just, and pray the whole Lord's Prayer, but, but pray especially that first phrase. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. To pray it over and over again. And, and as you pray, hallowed be your name, feel that surrender of your heart to God. Feel the presence enveloping your, your heart, your soul, your body. 
Say it over and over again. Hallowed be your name, O God. Hallowed be your name. I put myself under your authority. I put myself at, 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 at what you would have me to do. For all that I want and desire, O God, I seek what you are and what you want. I surrender myself to you. In the 19th century, Judson Van de Vieter, he was an artist, a musician, and he felt a longing in his soul. He didn't know what was going on, but he was trying to figure out, you know, what was it that God really wanted him to do? And he writes this. He said, for a long time, I had struggled between developing my talents in the field of art and going into full-time evangelistic work. At last, the pivotal hour of my life came, and I surrendered all. A new day was ushered into my life. I became an evangelist and discovered deep down within my soul a talent unknown to me, something I'd never seen or discovered. God had hidden a song in my heart, and touching a tender chord, God caused me to sing, caused me to sing. All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will love him and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all, I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender, at His feet I humbly bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken, take me, Jesus, take me now. I surrender all, I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. i listen to this last verse. He says, all to Jesus I surrender. Make my Savior holy Thine. May Thy Holy Spirit fill me. May I know Thy power divine. I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Thee, save. Thee.